Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. morning. How you guys doing this morning? Good. Awesome. Awesome. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you. Thank you for just being here. Thank you for being so faithful. Thank you for the awesome, awesome, awesome gift uh, of your son, Jesus, and, and for him being in us and with us, and we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Okay, I'm going to jump right in here. I got a lot. I always get, I always get cut short, so I'm going to... It's not that I don't have enough time, it's that I always go off on some tangent. How about those Mariners? <laughs> we actually, with Nam, we actually got to go to a um, Mariners game. They took some of those missionaries, and, and so we're at the Mariners game, and it was so awesome. We got, like, right down on the right field, right in front of, and I always wanted to see the Yankees. Right, and so like I, I was like, I'll just go, and I don't care who we watch out, but I want to see the, I'd like to see the Yankees one day. Well, they're playing the Yankees, right? And so I was like, oh, this is awesome, but every game I go to, they lose. <laughs> so I'm gonna jinx them, and I did. They lost that game, but they got the next two. So I was like, I'm just, I'm only gonna go if they're way ahead, right, in the standings. But um, anyway, last time I went, my my son was like this little, and I went with my son and my father-in-law. And Ichiro was in the right field instead of Aaron Judge, right? Now, Aaron Judge is like six foot seven, weighs 285 pounds. Like that dude was the fastest dude on the field, right? And so, like, they hit the ball up, and I was like, you know, all those other guys can just stay on the other side. Because, like, it doesn't matter. He's going to get to the ball, right? It's like, it made me think of David and Goliath, man. That's what Goliath looked like. I mean, when he walked out to, to get the bat, it's like, Boom, and like it'd shake. Everyone was like, earthquake, you know? And so it stands up and like, like it's in the eighth inning and they're eighth or ninth inning and they're getting ready to pitch. And I was like, don't pitch to him. Don't pitch to him. And guess what they did? They pitched to him. And he just goes, tink, like this. And the ball went all the way to Ellensburg. <laughs> and so someone picked it up in Ellensburg, you know? So, but it was really cool. Even sometimes when we don't <clears throat> mean to get blessed, God blesses us. That's how good he is. Sometimes we have a desire in our heart, and, and no one knows about it. No one is like I'm going. I'm thinking they're playing the Montreal Expos, and then someone says they don't even exist anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm in the right century, right? Because like I grew up in Oklahoma, and we didn't. We didn't. Our our only pro team is Oklahoma Sooners, right? The the football team, right? So um, I had to find someone else. I used to root for the Expos, and they don't even exist no more. I was like seeing these M's. And they're like, got these, it's like an upside down trident. And I thought, well, that's got to be the Expos. It's the Mariners. Like, they're changing things up on me, right? Anyway, but, um, <clears throat> I was just thankful for God for, for allowing me that opportunity. Because sometimes it's the little things that breathe life into us, right? We're always looking for big things to happen to us. And God's like, I'm going to do something here. And I'm going to do something here. And I'm going to do something here and here. And pretty soon all those things add up. And it's really big, right? And so um, if everybody on the planet gave you a buck, it don't seem like much, but you'd have a lot of money. You hear what I'm saying? So it's the little bitty things that, that make a difference. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, Now faith is. I love that word now. Right? Because the Bible says that he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. So that means that he's the God of now. Now is the time of salvation. When, when do you need help? Now. now. Usually it's not now. It's not like maybe I see something coming and then I worry about it so much that I'm going to drive right into it. But right now is when I really need the help. Like, like God, you know, I got a bear chasing me. I don't need help next month, right? I need help right now. I at least need help to outrun the guy next to me, right? And so we get in this thing where we forget that he's, he's here with us. He's in us. He's present with us. We talk about the presence of God, like it's something that goes and fades, but it's always here with us. Like you can't get away from him everywhere you go. He is there. And so now there's times where you can tangibly feel his presence more than other times, but that doesn't mean that he's not there. The, the problem is not with God being there. The problem is, is we, we positioned ourselves where we can actually feel his presence in, in, our, in, our physical, in the physical realm. And so God doesn't change. We change. And so that's where, where we realize, in fact, like, his presence, he's in us. Like, so you can run as far as you want. <laughs> like, how do you, you can't run from yourself. Like, I've wanted to a few times. Like, especially I'm preaching. I can't believe I said that. I'll just go sit down, right? But he's always with us. He's always in us. He's the God of now. He's the ever-present help in the time of trouble. And so God's saying, your faith is now. Where, where, are, you, where are you living? Are you... Living, here's what, what one of the things that I always thought was like, like I have to work to be saved. I have to do this to be saved. And then when I get saved, I got to work to keep being saved. And I'm always coming from a position of trying to get something. And the problem is, it's like, like, it's like me saying, I wish I had a white truck out there. Like, <laughs> Pastor James, you got a white truck out there. No, but I'm trying to get that white truck. No, your, your white truck's out there. But I got to do something to get that white truck. Like that's, you'd be like, you, you're, what's the matter with you? Like you do that anyway sometimes, right? But it's like, I'm always trying to get something where it's almost like we're always trying to get something we already got. Jesus died for us. We've given our life to him. He paid the price. So we're not working to get salvation. We're working from salvation. Do you guys hear what I'm talking about? And so faith is now. Now I'm saved. Not I'm going to be saved. Not I've got to do this to be saved. The Bible says believe in, in him. You know, confess with your mouth. Believe, believe in your... Not with your mouth. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse show, right? Confess with your mouth, right? Believe in your heart and you're saved, right? It, it's about faith. It's not about works and we get stuck in this treadmill just spinning 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 and we apply that to everything in our life the bible says he's given us all things that pertain that doesn't matter with me this morning that pertains to life and godliness do you know what all things means there all things right and so he's the god that supplies all of our needs according to our jobs According to the economy, according to who the president is, 
No. He supplies all of our needs according to what? His riches. His riches in glory, right? So he's telling us, hey, I don't want you living on sea level. You're like, well, what is sea level? Like, I live just up, up the hill over there, not very far, but I'm like five miles from sea level. But I'm like up a little bit, right? But if you stay on sea level, all you can see is water. You can see the storms. Like we used to live, live on Camino Island and we lived up the hill and, and you could see the storms blowing and waving and everybody down was pretty worried, but we're like, yeah, we're up here. What's going to touch us? But when we go down, that was scary, right? Why? Because we're on ski, ski level. We're on sea level. What do you guys put in that coffee? <laughs> right? We're on sea level, right? We're looking we're seeing the storm, we're seeing it, but when we get God's perspective and we start living out of the Spirit, then we can see farther and we can see God's pers- perspective, right? So, good Lord, too much coffee this morning, right? But now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. How many of you guys have ever seen Jesus? How many of you guys have ever seen oxygen, air, the air you're breathing? How many of you guys have ever seen the wind? Do you believe oxygen exists? You haven't seen it, though. Right? So how can it exist if we haven't seen it? What's that? Faith. Faith. Right. We have faith. Like the fact is we don't see it, but we see the effects of it, right? You don't see the wind, but you don't th- think just because you can't see that wind. When it's coming in, it's coming in. You can see the effects of the wind. And so just because you can't see something doesn't mean it don't exist, right? And so that's what faith is. Like, like we see the effects of God. We see it all around us, like in all creation, the stars and the moon. And that's what he's saying. Do you trust in me? I'm your source. Or maybe we're trying to look for him out there when he's really where? Right in here. That's what Jesus was trying to tell him. The kingdom of God is in you, right? And so everybody's looking out here, and he's like, hey, I'm going to hide myself, and nobody's ever going to think to look there. But I'm going to hide myself in you, and in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. And guess what? I'm going to be your hope. I'm going to be your glory. And out of me, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? It also so says that, that um, out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. But it's not saying, because it's not like literally your belly's going to open up, open up. What it's really talking about is out of your spirit is where that life-giving, not, not coming on you. Like in the Old Testament, that's what the spirit would come on New Testament, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so it comes in through us, right? That's how God blesses people is through us. And so that's really important. I love this scripture here in um, 2 Corinthians because it kind of nails things down because a lot of times it's like, like, well, you'll get blessed if you have enough faith. You know, do you have faith? You know, God will only bless you. And then we turn faith into a work. 
You know, you can turn faith into a work when faith is a rest. And so we're not working to, to have faith. We're working to rest in our faith. We're laboring to stay in the place where it's done, man. I'm, I'm going to stay in the finished place. And that's hard. Anybody ever try to do that? Like, I do that all the time. Like, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but I mess up every once in a while. Like, once a year. <laughs> like, I know some of you guys are way worse than me, and some of you guys are way better, right? But then you mess up, and you think, oh, I'm just rotten. God, uh, you got to forgive me. I'm going to hell or whatever, you know? And we get this religious aspect, and God's like, no. Labor to stay in my rest. That, it's a work sometimes. It's hard to stay in that place where, hey, I am saved. I am a son. I am righteous because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? And So he's talking about in the Spirit. We're in the Spirit, right? But the first key to it is righteousness. You're not trying to get righteous. You are righteous. You're not righteous because of what you do. You're righteous because of what Jesus done. And so that's our position where we stay and where we rest. I sound like a preacher this morning. Sorry about that. But I think it's important. I, like I really want us to get a hold of that because when we do, it will change your life. Right? Had a kid call me as we were living on Camino Island and I went to a Bible study and he knew that I'd trained horses and worked with horses. And so uh, this, this one kid, and he was at the Bible study, and he's like, hey, he's like, you train horses, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, would you, would you mentor me? And I was like, what do you, why do you want me to mentor you? And he goes, because I'm agnostic, and I don't believe in the Bible, but I think you might have something, so could you tell me about God a little bit? Maybe put me in a round pen like you do your horses? And I was like, sure, this is going to be fun. So he would come in and sat down, and I'd go through scriptures, you know, just kind of like I am here. And, and he was the most religious person I ever met. Like, do not let any atheist or agnostic tell you they are not religious. Their religion, religion is just your belief about God. He had lots of beliefs about God. All of his beliefs about God was that God was this big, mean ogre, right? And so um, he finally kind of, uh, something clicked in him, and he's like, oh, man, I see, I see, I see Jesus now. And, and he gave his, his heart to Jesus, and, and so um, he had been living in a house, and that house was getting foreclosed on, and they're like, you know what, you got to move. And he, he calls me up, and he go, goes, James, he goes, I'm so distraught. He's like, my life's ruined. I'm over. And he, I was like, so what are you doing? He goes, I'm on my roof, and I'm going to jump off and kill myself. And I said, okay, have fun with that. And I hung up on him. <laughs> and he calls me back up. Did you hear what I said? I did. I was like, did you kill yourself yet? No? Okay. <laughs> Click. So I clicked the phone off again. He calls me back up again, and he's like, don't you care? I was like, yeah, I care. But I was like, all I'm going to do is get a call from the hospital that you broke your leg because your, your roof's not that big. I've seen that. Like, I've done, done that stuff. Like, like, when you're really ready to kill yourself, call me. You don't want to kill yourself. I was like, you're looking for an answer, right? And he's like, yeah. 
And so I was like, what's the, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, I just deserve everything that's happening to me. I'm just rotten and all this. And I was like, like I'll tell you what. I was like, do you, do you have lipstick? And he said, yes. And I was a little afraid at that point because he was single. <laughs> Why would a single guy have lipstick, right? And so I was like, okay. So I was like, I want you to write on your mirror, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And every time you go in that bathroom, I want you to read that to yourself. And he did that for about a week. And he calls me up and he goes, hey, he goes, I got this knock on the door and it was the bank. And they're like, hey, we'd really like this house sooner rather than later. So we'll give you this amount of dollars if you will leave this house. And he didn't have any money to go, didn't have anything to, to, to um, really um, speak of. And so he, he's like, calls me up. He's all excited. He goes, look what is a miracle. God did this to me. Not only that, the next day a lady comes and they clean out houses. She's like, I got to clean this house out. And he's like, well, I'll be out tomorrow. And she, she's like, do you need a job? Or she's like, I actually need a business partner. And so if you'd be interested in working with me, we'll, cause it is like all the thing, all the um, houses was crashing. It was back in the two thousands, you know, it's like, because we're cleaning out so many houses, I don't got enough help. And he goes, oh, and so he ended up partnering with him. And he ended up going and getting a, a property in Oregon because he made so much money and he owns it outright. But God changed everything for his circumstance because he changed something in his heart. Just one, one click. Do you know why? Because he thought that he, he was under judgment. He thought that he was a rotten sinner. He thought when he'd given his heart to Jesus... And when he realized, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, something clicked. His dad was an atheist too, and he led him to Jesus before he died. And so it was incredible to see how God worked, and he did it from working through this one, one aspect. I am righteous. Not because of what I do, but because of what he done. Right? And when you realize that, even when you mess up, man, it's not about your do, it's about your who. Really, who are you? Do you know who you are? Like, you're like, who are you? Well, I'm James Mays. You're, I'm Pastor James. No, pastor's what I do. I'm not James Mays. James Mays is not who I am. They say, what's your name? My name. My name is something I have, but it's not who I am. See, all this stuff that we have is going to pass away, including these things. But one thing that stays is we are a spirit. We have a soul. This is our tent, man. That's what matters. So not that he's going to not take care of. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things are added to you. Why? Because you're seeking his kingdom. You're seeking his way. You're seeking his provision. You're seeking his wisdom and not leaning on, on your own. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, there's a difference between knowledge and understanding. Knowledge means like you can have knowledge of what this book says. That means I know what it says, but not understand it. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not even on your own understanding. And what you think you understand, God's way bigger than that. This gospel is way bigger than, than what we can even imagine, right? So he's like, I want you to seek me first. Seek me. Like Jesus comes, he's got a great name. You know what his name means? It's Yeshua. It means I am salvation. Like, what's your name? I am, sal- I am God's salvation. Not just I am salvation. I am God's salvation. Hey, what do you need? Hey, I am God's salvation. What's your name? I am God's salvation. No, what's your name? I am God's salvation. Like, you need a clue on who he is? That's what you're saying. It's his salvation, not through our own works. Now, his salvation produces fruit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, you know, all that. What is that? Because we're not living from the flesh. We're living from the Spirit, right? And we are a Spirit. We're not trying to get that. We are that. Do you understand? And so, anyway, i got to get on my message because that's one of my... Okay, and we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. Like sometimes you can meet people with their face, you know, pretty much know how they're, how they're, how they're feeling, how, how they're reacting. Like, I can, I'm really bad. Like, Linda, I walk in and Linda knows what I'm thinking by my face, right? She knows me well enough. If I'm having something, something's bothering she's like, what's the matter? Nothing, honey, don't worry about it. She goes, oh, don't you lie to me. <laughs> she's like, I'll slap you upside the head. And she will, too. Like, like, right? Don't you lie to me. And so we're like a letter, and people can, can read us, and they can feel us, and, and they know we are a letter. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? How, 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 how are you reacting to situations? And what he's saying is this. You yourselves are a letter written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of, spo- of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Now listen to this one more time because it's really powerful. You show that you are a letter from Christ, a result of ministry written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. Do you know what he's saying? He's like, like, he talks about in the Old Testament how we'll know what to do, not because of what the, the, um, of the Ten Commandments, because of what's written on our heart. He says, I'll write it on your heart. What, what is he writing? It's everything um, goes with how do we respond to God and how do we respond to people. But one of those people that we respond to is ourselves. Because he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Are you loving yourself? Because it's hard to love other people if we can't love ourselves, too. And you've got to give yourself a little bit of grace. We can be so hard on ourselves. And Jesus died for you. If you'd have been the only one, he would have died for you. That's pretty good. He's like, like you are a letter, man. 
I've got you, my gift inside you. And so people can open it up and say, oh, there he is. But if you're so hard on yourself, sometimes people don't really get to see the real you. They see a you that's so beat down from life and beat down from things going on around and, and feeling hopeless. And God's like, I'm your hope. I'm your glory. You're valuable to me. Will you trust me? Amen? Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves or claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from our works. No? But our comp- competence comes from... From who? From God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You know, there's a literal translation of this book, but there's also a spiritual message in, in this book, right? Like we see the story of Jacob and Esau, right? Esau's a hairy man, right? God said before they were born that, that Jacob would supplant Esau, right? And guess what they named Jacob? The supplanter. It means a supplanter, right? Literally, his name means a supplanter. Esau's hairy man, right? But he, he's red, red man, man. That's what he is for they developed all that chew when I was a kid, right? The baseball player, he's like, I keep a baseball theme, right? Right? So the, the hairy man, right? So what happens is Esau sold out. It represents, Esau represents the flesh. Jacob represents the spirit, the smooth face, the smooth man. He goes, goes to the father and, and the blessing belonged to the oldest. And so, so the flesh coat sold out. And so he has to get this covering, this hairy goat skin and he goes to the father and the father gives him the blessing then he can't take it back and so what happened is the spirit supplanted the flesh and that's the story of jesus do you know every part of this like it's it, you can see the letter of it but every part of this is about jesus and his finished work and who he was what is it saying jesus was the firstborn that died for us and now we are crucified with christ therefore we no longer live but it's him that lives within us. So now that flesh is dead. That Esau is supplanted by our spirit because now our spirit's made alive in Jesus. Does that make sense? So we can see the story of how, how it goes. And so I, I love how, how the Bible goes on and says this. Now, if the ministry that brought death, was, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? Now listen to this again. I didn't write this, by the way. I love this. So you're like, Pastor, I don't like that. Well, don't take it up with me. Talk to God about it. 
I didn't write it. And if that which was, for that which was glorious had no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came from glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So now what, what I'll, I'll just let the Bible interpret the Bible right here instead of me trying to explain everything. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. So Moses would go up on the mountain and get the, to get the Ten Commandments or spend time with God. And when he come down, the glory of God was so strong that he had put a veil over his face. And so he'd come down and they couldn't see the glory of God because it was veiled. And that's what living by the flesh, living by the law, living by works, trying to do everything in our own power does. It puts a veil over our face. But when Jesus comes, his glory is surpassing. He says, I'm going to shine my face. In Hebrew, the, the blessing is, Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Listen, this is a blessing that they were to give all of Israel. But here Moses comes down the mountain and he's got a veil over his face because he doesn't want them to see the glory of God or the face of God because this makes us based on our works. We're only good enough because of our works. When really the works weren't even good enough, so they realized they needed a sacrifice. So that's why they had the sacrifice. Do you see what I'm saying? It just goes round and round and round. Spinning wheel, spinning around. Like blood, sweat, and tears song. Ride the painted pony, let the merry go round or whatever. Just round and round and round and round. And there's no end to it. But don't you love this? Because it goes on and says, We are not like Moses who would put a veil over our face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away, but their minds were made dull. For, this, for to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. Whoa. You know what he's saying? The, spirit, the, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. If you're just reading this for the latter, you're going to find yourself dead. You can have a knowledge, but not have the understanding of who this is about. This is a love letter. This is a love relationship between you and him, me and him. It's about faith. It's about trusting in him. Not trusting in what we do, but trusting in what he's done, right? But their minds were made dull, for to this day, for, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It, it, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Only in who? In Christ. That's good news. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Whoa. That's not just their face, that's their hearts. Why does it cover your hearts? Because it, it covers what, what we live from, man. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
If you don't think that you're good enough, you're going to act like you're not good enough. If you don't think you're valuable, you're going to act like you're not valuable. But if you realize that you're so valuable, God gave his son, his only son for you, it's going to change everything around you. It's too hardcore this morning. Even to this day when Moses read um, the veil covers his heart, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's all we want is freedom. All we ever want is freedom. We got to ride in a Jeep the other day. There's a, one of the Jeep Wrangler dudes. And he's like, this is cool, but it'd be really cool if we could, could drive this thing with the top off. No problem. We'll take it off. Go have fun with it. So we did. And you know what we felt? We didn't feel this confinement of something over us. But we felt the freedom and the wind and, and driving and just having fun. Just the experience of being free, man. And that's what Jesus died for. He said it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And we find that freedom only in one place. And that's in him. That's in our relationship with him. That's in the finished work that he died for us on the cross. He reconciled us through his death. He resurrected us with him through the resurrection. And now he restores us to our rightful place as sons and daughters through him. Isn't that great news? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. I just thank you that that you're making ways where there seems to be no way. And I just see people just just calling their family and saying, well, I can't believe God worked that out for me like he did, and I'm just so thankful. And so, Father, thank you right now for, the, for what you're doing in lives, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.com. Dot O-R-G.